We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yu former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hi, friends. Welcome to Brunch Talk, where we, I don't know, talk over brunch. (laughs) Is that how it goes? We (laughs) We dish. (laughs) We dish in every sense of the word. And we dish on (laughs) your burning dating questions, which are never ending. Love it because it gives us endless content. You know, this one today is especially burning. I cannot wait to get to it. But before we get into it, I just got back from Hawaii. This is my first episode back since return. And I just want to tell you about, I feel like I never 
ever eat pancakes for brunch, but I ate so many pancakes while I was on this trip <laughs> because they had ube pancakes. It was oh, ube yes. with like white chocolate oh. macadamia nuts. And it was like the most decadent, delicious oh, dessert for anyone that doesn't know ube. It's like purple also. What is like, it's like a matcha, right? Is that what ube is? It's like taro. It's basically almost the same yeah. as taro. It's a root, right? Now I'm like second guessing myself, yeah. but it's a very- <laughs> no, I think you're right. Asian dessert, like South Asian dessert. I actually looked this up once because I was like, what is an ube? What is ube compared to taro? It's just purple yam and... Yeah, it's yam. It tastes delicious. It's not taro, it's yam. Yes, they're very similar though. Is that correct? Okay. Who all these root vegetables, it always confuses me. But whatever it is, it's freaking delicious. And I <sighs> am definitely not a pancake person, but I got converted on this trip. I also had like the pancakes with banana pancakes. That was super good too. I had mm. no joke. So my partner and I did not stay at this hotel, but it was $1,000 a night. It was mm. insane. Like right on the beach, just beautiful, beautiful resort. It was like the Grand Hyatt in Poipu Beach, which is on the South Shore of Kauai. Everyone kept being like, you need to go to this hotel. It's insane. So we just went and got breakfast there. And then we may or may not have snuck into the pool after. (laughs) But we did get breakfast and I got pancakes and no joke, it was $20. And they were like, there were eight of them, eight stacked pancakes that were, I'm like trying to think of like a good comparison, but but probably like like six inches roughly, like a six inch <laughs> diameter pancake. Is that like huge? Am I totally off? I only it- know ten inches. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> how to bring it there how to bring it there but they were huge they were huge maybe not 10 inches huge but they were pretty huge when you say ube i just came like i'm just like ube you know that's how i say ube and also it sounds like my name ue i'm always like ube and ue go together so well it is my favorite thing in the world and i don't know if you remember julie there was an ube restaurant down the street from you that closed down. Mm -hmm. I'm so sad about that. I know over the pandemic. That was so good. I could just like picture you coming as you like say your name. (laughs) You're just like UA, UA. (laughs) Ooh, UA. Ube. <laughs> Sorry. Is it UA or Ube? I don't know. This is going this is going into a journey brunch time. I would We're going down legit a bad path. change my name to Ube. If someone I hate it when people say my name wrong, like they go like Yui or Shui. But if someone called yeah. me Ube oh my, my God. mistake, I'm okay with that. I'm gonna start this. We're gonna start a trend. <laughs> We'll just start calling you Ube. Ube. Dateable podcast brought you by Julie Craftchick and Ube Shu. I like that. <laughs> That's good. Sounds pretty good. Yes, it does. But okay, it does. yes, it sounds pretty good, but it, it's not as good as the question because the question is really damn good. Maybe not yeah, like Ube good, but it's damn good. <laughs> the question for this episode is What do you do with a friend of your significant other's who's overly flirtatious with him? Oof. So for more context, my boyfriend has a friend who he actually dated in his early teens, if that counts as an ex, who is incredibly flirty and gorgeous. They run in the same circle of friends. How do I proceed without becoming the green-eyed monster? Jealous girlfriend. Yep, have had that before. (laughs) And it's a tricky one. Like all of these questions, it's a tricky situation because this person (laughs) existed before you did. So 
so they almost have seniority over you. But I think in a healthy partnership, you should be able to openly talk about your discomfort in the situation. So Mm -hmm. it does call for an open discussion with your partner that goes something like, I just want to be straight and honest with you that I feel uncomfortable with the level of flirtations between you and this person. I know nothing's going on and I trust you, but it still makes me uncomfortable. Can we just talk about it? It does not have to be a blame game. It does not have to be an ultimatum, which is the worst thing you can do is like, choose. It's either her or me. Don't do that. But it's an open conversation so that you two can come to some sort of solution. In the times that I've been through this, my partner has said, well, she's a close friend of a friend of his, but like not a close friend of his. So they run the same circles, but he is more cautious about their time together. And there's no one-on-one time and that he's not intentionally trying to spend time with this person. Yeah, this is a really hard one because this has also happened to me. (laughs) I've been there before too. And, you know, my partner at the time with the friend that of his, like, I think I eventually said something. I remember talking to my mom and she's like, whatever you do, don't say anything. And then I was like, (laughs) okay, I got to, I have to say something. Like, I need to. Like, and I get it, like different era, different type of communication style. But I'm like, look, I practice what I preach here. Like, we're all about just saying it. So I eventually did. And when I said it, I felt so much better than when I kept it bottled up. So totally 100% agree with you. And I think, you know, when I did bring it up, there were some parts that was almost confusing to him. Like, he definitely heard me out of where I was coming from this, but he didn't interpret things that I interpreted as like, you know, flirty or him Mm. even engaging back. And I think there's kind of two parts to this. One is they just might not know because they've had this dynamic for years. They don't know that it makes you uncomfortable. So there's just speaking up and making someone aware. But then the other part, I started to think about it and I was like, is it that they're actually being flirty or is it just because I know this background that they once Mm. dated? Because there's other people that are also in the group that did not date or maybe they're married, maybe they have kids and they're less like prospects. Like how much of this is in your head because of the info you know versus the reality of what's happening. The way I kind of net it out, I'm like, it's probably halfway in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's probably like, you know, a little less than what I think is happening, but a little more than maybe the way my partner is interpreting it. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. probably somewhere in the middle of the two. So I definitely second having that conversation and, you know, how receptive someone is. But I personally would never want to tell someone they can't be friends with someone. Right. And like from my experience, the more after I told my partner, subsequent times together, you know, felt much better. So having that conversation, again, we don't know like how far you are in your relationship too. Some of it might also become like how much more comfortable can you get with your current partner? Because if you guys feel more comfortable together, this person might feel less of a threat. Exactly. And their established rapport precedes you. So the flirtations that they've had in the past are just bleeding into your current relationship. And sometimes they just don't know it because it's just the way they act around each other. But if you can kind of bring it to light, then your partner can be more intentional with how they interact with this person. We can't control how flirtatious the other person is, but at least your partner can control how receptive they are to the flirtations. Mm -hmm. And sooner or later, when you don't receive the flirtations and that you 
you don't respond to it, then it just dies down naturally, right? You don't even have to say anything to that person about it. But end of the day, I think it's like really that important conversation with your partner. And also to your point, Julie, is like, even if they don't perceive this as flirtatious, it still made you uncomfortable. So that's still your truth. Yes. Despite their intentions, it still did not leave a great taste in your mouth. So it's still important to like, even if you are like, oh my God, am I making this up? Even if you think that, at least you can be open about that you're thinking that way. So you can talk about it and not just like bottle it up and think, am I crazy for thinking this? Right. And I think we're so afraid to be like the green eyed monster as this listener wrote in or the the crazy girlfriend. We get that. I 100% could hear people being like, well, I'm scared to have that combo. Like kind of the advice I got, just don't say anything because then you'll be perceived this way. But like everything else, it's how you say it. Instead of saying like them statements, like they're the ones doing it. How do you say it in a way that just brings like your vulnerabilities up and say like, you know, like I am really excited about this relationship and I want you to like enjoy being with your friends, but I have have to admit like it does make me a little uncomfortable sometimes when it feels flirtatious like how do you perceive this and kind of let the dialogue open but again how do you make it about you in the sense of mm-hmm. my feelings because like what you were saying your feelings are valid like no one can take that away from you but if you start like pointing blame at them like you're always so flirty with your friend like that's just a different conversation right and that's an unproductive conversation where does that get you nowhere your partner she's going to end up being defensive, trying to prove their point, and then it becomes a me versus you. But if you can bring your partner into the conversation, you become that team. Now, here's the thing. If this is bringing up something for you, it may be a sign that your relationship needs a little triage, right? If you think about it, if you're feeling a little insecure because of the presence of this person, it may not have to do with this person. It may be that your relationship isn't where you want it to be. So maybe it's a time to look in words and think, maybe I'm not as confident in this relationship. Maybe I'm not as trusting in this relationship. Why is that? And that's a conversation, again, between you and your partner. So what is this bringing up for you? That's something to investigate. Your relationship also might be okay, but it's because of something of your past. Let's say you've been cheated on or, you know, you have a situation where someone left you for someone else. Like that could just be you projecting that that's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely an opportunity opportunity to look inward. So before we get into more of this conversation, let's hold for a quick announcement. This episode is brought to you by the One Love Foundation. The numbers of people affected by relationship abuse are startling. Abusive relationships rarely start with physical abuse. Instead, there are often red flags like manipulation, isolation, belittling, and volatility. Do you know the signs? One Love Foundation, a national nonprofit dedicated to ending relationship abuse, empowers you to see the signs of an unhealthy relationship before things go too far. Visit joinonelove.org and learn to spot the signs of unhealthy and healthy relationship behaviors. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of 
THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey. And yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to exit interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I think the other thing to bring up is if they wanted to date, they would. 
You know, they dated mm-hmm. when they were teens. <laughs> like, There's probably been other opportunities where this could have happened. I think even dating a year ago, that's still a year ago, but we're talking like years and years and years ago. If there's been nothing that's happened in between that, then I think some of this might be a projection of other stuff like we're talking about. Like, how do we start to get more confident that this person wants to be with you? Because at the end of the day, that's who they're with current day. They're with you. Even if they dated this person a month ago, they ended it and they are with you. So that's something also to take into account. I mean, that's huge, right? That's so huge because you have to think about their choices and they made the choice to be with you and not this person. And I also just have to bring up the fact that we all like attention. Who doesn't like people flirting with them? So sometimes this is like this welcome behavior because we like the validation that it brings. And maybe that's why we don't stop it. So that's also something to bring up with your partners. Like, do you need that validation from this person? Or is it just, do you just feel good when this person does this? And you never know. You never know what your partner is going to respond to that. But again, it's like, what does it bring up for you and your partner? And how can this be a conversation about your relationship versus this other person? We just can't not control the presence of this other person. And think about it. At least this person you know about. Think about all the times that your partner (laughs) has been out and about with his or her friends and being hit on or being flirted with. Those are even people you don't see. You can't control all of that. That's all noise. If you're confident enough in your relationship, you just go, great, let them flirt. Or you need to trust your partner. Is it going to do anything? Or if they know it hurts you, take that into account with their actions. Like that's all trust in your partner, less about this other person. I will say it doesn't feel good if your partner chooses to spend time with them. I've definitely been there. I mean, I remember like early in our relationship, the current partner, he was introduced to this girl by a friend and we were already dating at the time, but he took this whatever, a meet and greet with her and they went to the dog park together with their dogs and she still hangs out with us sometimes. And till this day, it still kind of irks me. Like, even though I'm confident in our relationship, I'm more like, yo, why are you still around? Why are you hanging out with us? Uh, you know, like, Where do you fit in in this picture? But I'm not going to say anything because it's no longer a jealousy issue. It's more just like, do you have other friends to hang out with? But that's OK. Uh, I mean, that's her problem. But it does not feel good. It, like in the beginning, we were dating and, I, and he openly told me that he went on this like walk with this girl. It didn't feel good because I was like, well, you chose to spend your time with her in that way. Yeah, this is why this is so hard because there's so much nuance to it. Like, like how well do these two people know it, each other? And, you know, in this example is one example, but we know other people listening to this have probably a similar situation, but with variation. And I think that's another aspect is like, how do you start to make this more comfortable? If they are like one of their good friends, you realistically can't tell someone not to be friends with someone. I mean, you can. I just think you're fighting an uphill battle if you do that. It yeah. just doesn't seem like it's going to end well. So personally, for me, like I have have actually like gotten to know people better in that situation. And the more times you spend with them, likely you start to see your relationship is more cemented, but also that there's nothing there. And that person also starts to see you as a friend. So that's one scenario. If that's really not happening, 
happening, maybe there's certain boundaries that you could set. Like, hey, totally cool for you all to go out in a group, but it makes me uncomfortable if you do like one-on-one time or something like that. Like, I think even not saying like, I'm not going to allow you to do one-on-one time, but just sharing like, hey, I'd prefer, you know, or maybe it's not even like one-on-one time, but like if you two are going to go out, like I'd prefer you guys to be at a restaurant than at your apartment, you know, like something like public. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable. Like, I know it sounds scary to say those demands, but you're not saying like, never talk to this person again. You're just saying like, these are some steps you can take to maintain a friendship with this person, but also make me as your partner comfortable. Julie, do you believe that some people are just innately flirtatious and they can't control their flirtatious behavior? You do. Absolutely. I think like that was my partner's friend. Mm. And I don't think she was actually being flirtatious the more I've got it. (laughs) But I think I did interpret it that way because of like, one, I knew there was a backstory, but also because I think it was the personality. So absolutely. Like, I mean, it depends how comfortable you are with this friend too. Like maybe you're at the point that you've hung out with them enough that you could say something like that. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know to answer that, but like they may not even know that they're being flirtatious. Like I can think of one of our friends that will go into any restaurant and come out with like a guy's number and she's just being friendly like she's not even hitting on guys like that's just her demeanor and like way of being that's true some people are just very friendly and outgoing and that could be interpreted as flirtatious we have friends who are like I'm just a naturally flirtatious person I can't help it it's just the way I am and I do believe that I think some people are just like that and it's not like they discriminate they flirt with everyone not just your partner well I think a good question to ask yourself, I kind of said this at the beginning, is like, if I didn't know this information that they had history, like, would I be feeling the same way? Right. And it's hard to answer always because it's hypothetical, but it at least lets you pause and be like, is this something I am projecting because I know this information? In this example, too, it's like they were teens. Like, does that even count as a relationship? No. No. That also does show that they've known each other a long, long time. And it's not necessarily something you can just expect to be taken away because you've come into the picture. Yeah, it's like a comfort level they've achieved. At least in my opinion. Yes, that makes sense. I just think not everybody can be you, right? Yeah. But we think other people should be like us. And the way I used to think about this situation would be like, well, I stopped flirting with my guy friends after they get into relationships because I'm self-aware enough to control myself. But I also get that Again, what you think is flirtatious could be very different by how someone else interprets it. I know we've talked about like, do you have the right to tell this person not to be friends? Do you think there's any situation where you should say to someone like, hey, like it's either me or them, like an ultimatum almost? I just really don't believe in ultimatums. I really don't, right? Because it corners your partner and now they have to choose between you and someone else. I just never think that's a good idea. I think it is a good idea if you approach it from the angle of having your partner's back. I've definitely voiced my opinion to my partner when I felt like a friend was mistreating him, not being a good friend to Mm. him. I'm not saying don't be friends with this person, but I'm just saying this person adds nothing to your life life. In fact, they're dragging you down. But I would never say choose your friend or me. I just feel like that's really unfair. Would you? No, I don't think I could. I mean, 
I don't know. I think I would just like think about it if it, the situation was reversed. I just wouldn't want someone telling me like you can't be friends with them. I would react a lot better if they shared vulnerably how it was making them feel than saying like you cannot be friends with this person. This is clearly not a real story, but How I Bet Your Mother, one of my all-time favorite TV shows, <laughs> even though now it's sometimes a little dated and painful to watch. There was, you know, Ted and Robin, the two like main characters. Granted, they did end up getting together at the very end, but Ted did marry someone else in between. But he was engaged to another person that he, Victoria, for all the diehard fans, that <laughs> basically like he had cheated on her the first time they dated with Robin. Mm -hmm. So then the second time they got together, they were engaged and she basically gave him the ultimatum like, if we get married, you can't be friends with her anymore. And ultimately, he actually picked his friendship with Robin. And you could argue, like, ultimately, they did end up together. But he did have that wife in between that passed away. So I think it was more of like, look, my friendships are really important to me. And it's basically breaking up this whole friend group. It's not even just me not being friends with her anymore. Like, now you're telling me, like our friend group who's been in my life for a decade is not going to be the same anymore. That's right. that's a lot to ask of someone. It is. But <laughs> now that you brought up that show, now I think every show has something like that. Look at Ross and Rachel when he was trying to marry Emily and she was like, it's either me or Rachel. I do think like if there's that friend that just lingers in a friend circle who's flirtatious and attracted to your significant other and vice versa and they have history eventually they probably will get together <laughs> if it's that close of a <laughs> well I was gonna circle. say maybe this is why people get like scared about it because media has shown us over and over again that ultimately the two people do end up together true I will say I had a really close-knit circle in New York and there was these two people that I everybody was like they're gonna get together they're gonna get together but no they dated other people they were such close friends they're always like very really close friends now they've been together for over 10 years so there you go like it happened. It's so hard, though, because I feel like, you know, on one side, my friendships mean so much to me, and I would never want to give them up because someone told me to. But then on the other side, like friendships do come and go. Like thinking mm -hmm. about like groups of friends that were like so core to me that I don't barely talk to anymore. So I do think like if you are, okay, this is like a little off the topic, <laughs> but like if you are the person that tells the person like they can't be friends with that person anymore, it is probably important to think about this holistically like in this example yeah they've known each other since they were teens but like how important is this friendship now and we don't know the answer they could be bffs right. friends for right. life or it could be one of those things that had a lot of history that is kind of like on its last legs now and maybe your new right. girlfriend is more important to you it's really hard right. it's so situational super situational but talk to your partner that's what we, yes. that's the gathering, the <laughs> learning. Just have a conversation. We could, you know, come up with scenarios all day long. Don't pay attention to media, even though all the media examples have led those two people together. That's not real life. That doesn't always happen. And then just open communication. That'll just be our answer to every question. Talk yeah. it out. And remember they're with you. Remember they're with yes. you at the end of the day. Yes. 
They choose you. They choose you. And I choose Ube. So we're going to wrap this up so I can dream about Ube. <laughs> At the end of the day, just have Ube pancakes if all else fails. Ube. There you go. Ube. <laughs> Come on, everyone. You know you want to say it now. You want to be like, Ube. I feel like I'm never going to look at Ube pancakes the same again after this conversation. No, you're going to feel <laughs> disgusted. Like orgasmic or something. <laughs> yeah. Like picturing Ube. <laughs> like, ew. No, I can never look at Ube in the face. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like there's no better time to end this episode than now. Let's end it. Cut it. Cut. Cut. Right Happy now. brunching, everyone. <laughs> and send us your questions. Email hello at datablepodcast.com or you can DM us at datablepodcast. Okay, we'll see you next week. The Datable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Datable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay datable and trust us. We look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.